Good morning, everyone. This is JB with Not By Works Ministries. It is Thursday morning, January the 5th, and I am so delighted, as always, to have my good friend Randy joining us a little bit later in the program today to give us an update on what's going on in the world. And today we're going to be focusing particularly on the uh, satanic transhumanist and artificial intelligence issue. That has been in the news uh, quite a bit lately, and Randy's going to give us some of the, the breaking info about the artificial intelligence uh, movement. Uh, and so we're going to call today's program Intelligent Artificials. Intelligent Artificials. And that's kind of a turn of a phrase or a play on words because these uh, so-called brilliant uh, in intellectual elites that are dabbling with, and in some cases pushing with direct influence from Satan himself, the transhumanist agenda, fashion themselves as really intelligent. They think of themselves as the elite, the ones who are the adepts of society, and the rest of us are ignorant uh, peons who don't know anything. But what we're going to find out both from Scripture today and also just from our expose with uh, with Randy is that these global elites that are pushing artificial intelligence are really fakes. They're really fools. Um, and, you know, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle once said, uh, I think this, uh, if my research is right, this was in his uh, book, A Study in Scarlet, or his story, A Study in Scarlet. Uh, Doyle said, quote, a fool always finds a greater fool to admire him. And, you know, these uh, transhumanists uh, like Elon Musk and Bill Gates and uh, Klaus Schwab and others, uh, they all uh, kind of love to to be their own uh, cheering section. And and they hold these conferences at World Economic Forum and places like that. And they they admire each other and lift each other up, give each other awards. Uh, and of course, the mainstream media blindly supports them and follows along. And then your average citizen here in America sees news coverage of these people and and they hear, oh, they're a Rhodes Scholar or they won this award or they won that award uh, or they're speaking at the Council on Foreign Relations and they naively think, oh, they must be really smart. Or, you know, they started a multi-billion dollar company. They must be really smart. Or they, they you know, bought Twitter. Oh, they must be really smart to be to have that much money. Well, I want us to take a look at scripture before we go to Randy. And what we're going to find out is that the world's definition of intelligence is God's definition of a fool. So we're going to talk about intelligent artificials today. These intelligent people that are really nothing more but fakes. And uh, I, I want to start uh, by referring to a chapter from Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2. Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2. It's Chapter 3, which is the, the entire chapter is on transhumanism and artificial intelligence. And I just want to give you some historical background before we turn uh, to uh, the Word of God. Uh, you know, the root of the Luciferian conspiracy is the desire to be God. That's how it all started. Uh, Satan wanted to be God. We read in Isaiah that, uh, Isaiah chapter 14, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. Now listen, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Satan wanted to be God. And that series of I will statements is his way of mimicking 
God, who gives us several unconditional I will statements and I am statements uh, in Scripture. And God's the one who spoke the world into existence ex nihilo, out of nothing. And Satan wanted to be God. And so we see here a glimpse at his heart with these I will statements. Uh, when Satan said, I will ascend into heaven, he was referring to the dwelling place of God. You know, I've pointed out before that Scripture, uh, scripture speaks of three levels of heaven. Uh, the first level is the atmosphere that envelops the earth. We we call this the, the air above or the sky above. It's where the birds soar or the planes fly. But then there's a second sphere of heaven, which is interstellar space, where the stars are. Uh, but the third and highest level of heaven refers to the dwelling place of God. And it is the abode of God from which God rules in majesty and sovereignty over his creation. And Satan wanted Lucifer, wanted to ascend to the third heaven, the third level above the stars, to the dwelling place of God. Because as Isaiah said, he wanted to be like the most high God. He coveted God's throne. And when he couldn't have it, he set his sights on earth. He confronted Adam and Eve in the garden, promising that they too would be like God if they would only follow and obey him. And the serpent told Eve, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of this forbidden fruit, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And so Satan's earthly co-conspirators share his desire to be like God. They crave immortality and power, and they want to be creators. That's their driving passion. That's the one domain that they have not and never will overcome despite their best efforts. They will never be able to create life. And yet that's exactly what they're trying to do with the transhumanist and AI agenda, artificial intelligence. And so I want us to look at uh, scripture this morning, and I want us to start with the book of Romans. You know, Romans begins, Paul, Paul's uh, famous uh, magnum opus, if you will, his incredible doctrinal treatise on the righteousness of God and how we as fallen mankind can gain positional righteousness by faith alone, justification by faith. And he begins in the first chapter with a scathing description of the depths of depravity of man apart from God. Listen to what he says in Romans 1, beginning in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. So they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their hearts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Let me just pause uh, right there for just a moment. God, the creator of the universe, manifests himself, makes himself known through his creation. Uh, the heavens declare the glory of God. His invisible attributes are seen by what is made, and therefore any human being and every human being knows the eternal power of God. You know, you, you intuitively know it, and at that point you can either respond to it at which time God will send special revelation to make sure that you hear the gospel and you can believe the gospel, the good news that salvation can only be found by faith alone in Christ alone, or you can reject God's revelation. And, uh, and when you do, your hearts are darkened, your, your thoughts are futile, and, uh, and he goes on to say, professing to be wise, they, become, they became fools. 
and they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And that's Paul's word. Amen. He sort of ends that section with a uh, just an instinctive response, a spontaneous amen. So be it, you know. Uh, and so what I see in this passage are a couple of telling uh, truths that uh, these transhumanist elites, these intelligent artificials need to be reminded of. First of all, they're, they're, they think they're wise, but they're really foolish. And what they're doing that manifests their foolishness is changing the glory of incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. Remember, mankind, God's highest pinnacle of creation, was created in our image, God said, Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Now, I talked about that uh, coincidentally last night at Plum Creek Chapel in our fifth installment of The Greatness of God. And if you have not yet watched that video, it's posted at notbyworks.org, or you can just listen to the audio-only podcast version. But I spent some time in response to a question talking about the image of God in man. And, uh, and the point is, God created a pattern he fashioned a pattern according to which he made mankind. It was a deliberate, intentional effort on his part to make a creation, unlike animals or plants or sea life, that would be reflective of God's glory. In the ancient Near East, uh, kings would set up these statues, these images of themselves, to remind people who's in charge. And we are to be God's images. It doesn't mean we're like God or, or, or we are exactly God, but we are made in an image that he created. When the Bible says it is the image of God, it doesn't mean the image uh, of God's picture, but the image that belongs to God. It's an image that God created as a pattern that would reflect his glory. And so that's what we are to do. And so when these transhumanists are trying to create humanity and redefine, as I state in my book, what it means to be human. I've got several quotes in there of key transhumanists like Yuval Noah Harari, Klaus Schwab, uh, uh, Pippa Malmgren, and others that talk about how we've got to redesign and rethink what it means to be human. What they are doing is exactly what Paul talks about here in Romans. They are trying to create, trying to refashion the image of God and man, his highest pinnacle of creation, into nothing more than birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. It would be like, uh, you know, my, my granddaughter recently for Christmas got a little stuffed animal uh, puppy, and uh, she loves that little puppy. And it looks like a real puppy. And it's it has a little battery-operated deal that'll make it bark. And, uh, you know, it's 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 kind of designed for children to make it look like a real puppy. Well, you know, anyone with half a brain can look at it and say, that's not a real puppy. That's something that was made probably in a factory in China somewhere. But uh, <laughs> but you know, it, it's designed to, to imitate that, but it's not the real thing. And in a similar, similar way, these transhumanists, when they think they can create life through these artificial intelligence means or uh, merging biological and digital or creating these robots, they're nothing more than little stuffed animals from China. That's really what they are. They're not ever going to be able to create the image of God in man. And so, uh, you know, going back to uh, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's quote, a fool always finds a greater fool to admire him, and we don't want 
to be a fool by admiring these people. Uh, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Psalm 53, 1. It's also in Psalm 14. And, you know, a fool in the ancient Hebrew view of life was a person who did not acknowledge God's existence whatsoever, intellectually, practically. Uh, he lived as though God does not exist. And that's exactly what these Luciferian elites do. They live as though God does not exist. They hate God. They think God is the loser, that God is going to be defeated. They think that Lucifer, Satan, is the hero, the one that they, they are to worship. And they, you know, they they just they hate God. And so they live their life completely ignoring what God has revealed and what God has said. And that kind of perspective leads to complete unrestrained conduct. Uh, the fool's behavior is corrupt. It is abominable. That's what Psalm 53.1 goes on to say. They are corrupt and have done abominable iniquity. That word abominable in the Hebrew text means vile. <laughs> and that's what these people are uh, completely. Paul goes on in another one of his letters, 1 Corinthians. He says this, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? In other words, one day, all of their lofty intellectual aspirations at becoming God and creating life will be utterly destroyed when the Antichrist and the false prophet and ultimately Satan himself are cast into the eternal lake of fire where they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Um, you know, Paul uh, says also in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. He's quoting uh, Eliphaz from Job 5.13 there, and he quotes from an anonymous psalmist in Psalm 94 when Paul goes on to say, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are futile, meaning of the presumed wise, those who are perceived to be wise from the world's perspective. See, the fool, the, the way of the fool is right in his own eyes, Proverbs tells us. And uh, Proverbs goes on to say in chapter 26, do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. In other words, the only thing worse than an out-and-out -out fool is an out-and-out -out fool who thinks he's wise. And that's what we're dealing with with these intelligent artificials. And so I think it's a really key issue. It's the reason I spent uh, so much time on it in volume two. We have an entire chapter on it. Uh, again, uh, you know, transhumanists want to obliterate the imago Dei, the image of God in man, and and they they think that through AI they can uh, create uh, life. And uh, you know, here's just one quote before I turn it over to Randy. Uh, you know, Klaus Schwab said the mind-boggling innovations triggered by the fourth industrial revolution, from biotechnology to AI, are redefining what it means to be human. Quote unquote. Elsewhere, he talks about we need to question what it needs, means to be human. And so, you know, Ray Kurzweil, all these other transhumanists, they are the consummate fools from the Bible's perspective, which, of course, is the only perspective uh, that matters. We believe the Bible is the only standard for our beliefs, attitudes, and practices, and, uh, and we need to get back to the Bible as uh, believers and recognize that these Luciferian elites do not need to be admired. Uh, you know, someone emailed me, I think I mentioned this on a podcast earlier this week, but 
Someone emailed me after my appearance on David Fiorazzo Monday uh, and was critical that because I criticized Peter Thiel, that top tier Luciferian, the founder of PayPal and one of the top LGBTQ personalities in the world today, their own LGBTQ tracking uh, site ranks him, I think it's 36 or 37. I talk about it in the book. Uh, uh, most popular and influential gay man. So, uh, you know, I, I criticized him, you know, and, and said, we don't need to admire him. And yet someone emailed me and said, no, no, he, well, he may be gay and we don't agree with that, but he's a pretty smart guy. That was the essence of what they were saying. Not true at all. <laughs> we should never elevate or admire fools. And so I know, Randy, you've got some great info this morning on uh, on artificial intelligence and time permitting. We'll also give some updates on some other geopolitical things and happenings uh, around the world. I pr always appreciate your commentary and insights. And uh, so welcome to the program. And also, I believe it's the first time we've spoken since uh, the first of the year. I hope you had a great birthday on January 1st, and I want to uh, wish you a happy new year. Well, birthdays as you get older, I guess we could say great, mediocre. I look at it like this. I'm done celebrating birthdays. I'm 66 years old. I will never celebrate another one because <laughs> that means I'm just that much closer to the end, which is good and bad. But Well, I hope we don't have to celebrate you know, another one because I hope the Lord calls us to meet him in the air. Well, that wouldn't surprise me at all. <laughs> and the sooner the better. But anyway, talking about AI. You know, it's a very interesting subject for me because I remember when I was in grade school, I would watch programs like My Favorite Martian, Lost in Space, and all of those shows, which you look at them now, they're about the hokiest thing ever made. But they all showed us the future, what man was hoping for, what man was dreaming of. Well, man has finally met his match, and I think it's to the point where AI is going to take over more of our lives than what we are expecting. Uh, in the news last night, this morning, um, I believe it is Amazon that is laying off 18,000 people. Mm -hmm. Now, they say that's a cost-cutting maneuver. Yes, it is. But what they're actually doing is they're moving the robots, the cyborgs, whatever you want to call them, they're pretty much interchangeable anymore. But they're going to start doing the um, work that humans used to do. Uh, McDonald's now has its first restaurant. It is totally controlled by robots. And I'm looking down the road, it won't be that long until they won't need humans, except to program for the artificial intelligence and do its bidding. Now, what really concerns me, uh, I love it. They're gonna do, it can do the dangerous tasks, it can do tasks that men don't want to do. But if you, if you want to get an idea where we're at, there's an um, internet website called Chat, C-H-A-T-G-P-T. Now, I would suggest that everybody go into that and go through it and read it. The computers now are, uh, they're getting so smart that they're actually thinking for themselves. They will partake in a conversation. And then if you want to, they will point out to you where you should have had punctuation where you should have paused, how you could have said it better. Uh, basically, it is reviewing what we did instead of us reviewing what it did. But it's truly scary because we know the military and private businesses are probably 100 times past what we are seeing on YouTube or on the computer. 
Yeah, let, let me let me interject there. Uh, that's a fascinating that you brought that up because uh, a, a good friend of mine, uh, uh, his name is Shane, who I've known for years. I actually, when I was working full time in academics and was the uh, back, director of baccalaureate programs and dean of faculty at a school, I hired him uh, to be a, the IT director of a large Bible college where I was working at the time. And He's still there to this day. Brilliant man, great uh, theologian. He's also teaches classes, has uh, uh, his advanced degrees in theology. But he sent me that link, and he sent a chat that he had had using that uh, chat uh, GPT.com uh, about theology, and it was a pretty uh, obscure concept in theology that you would find in some of the you know theology books out there and stuff. And I don't remember the exact details, but it was fascinating the way he had this discussion this with this AI on this website. And I swear you were thinking there was a, a, a brilliant credentialed theologian on the other side of the screen somewhere responding in real time to these questions. You would never know that this was AI. And that tells you how powerful uh, the internet and the bit buckets and the data that they are storing in these uh, fusion centers and servers is. They can draw from it like that and make you think you're actually dialoguing with a real being. So yeah, that that's a fascinating uh, thing, the chat gpd.com. Well, when you look at the supercomputers that we have now being able to process 50 quadrillion bits of information a second, it's only going to be a matter of time until they transfer that to the robots, to the cyborgs. Um, what's really inter interesting is we look at all the hotspots in the world. We have Ukraine, we have Iran, we have China, we have North Korea. Now, Ukraine is a battle more about ethnicity and land than anything else. Tehran is an ideological battle. But you get to China. China needs AI. They need all the chips that can be produced by every country because they are farther ahead of anybody in the world, as far as I can determine, using AI. Their weapon systems, their everyday living, their processing for their credit scores and CBDC, everything else is run by AI. AI is very, you know, it has no personality. It's one way or the other way. It's black and white. So it can't make the subtle decisions that a human can make. But when you look through what's available, and I, I looked through for several hours, some of these robots are so lifelike. If they could change the texture of the skin, you wouldn't know it from a human being. If you were in a dark restaurant and this uh, robot was talking to you, the voice is now are very similar to human beings. Their mannerisms are very similar to human beings. And it's kind of like you're sitting across with an object that can relate and talk to you probably better than most humans can. Yeah, let, let me, talking about the voices that sound like real, I mean, they've had that technology for decades. In fact, uh, uh, back after 9-11, well, you know, even before 9-11, uh, the CIA and DARPA and some of those were developing this voice mimicking technology, and they did an experiment. This has been widely reported, uh, talked about in a lot of uh, books, but they did an experiment when Colin Powell was Secretary of State in which they gathered him and several other cabinet members and high-level administrators in the government in a room, and they wanted to demonstrate just how powerful this technology was, and they played a recording of Colin Powell 
saying something like, uh, uh, gentlemen, we have been attacked, uh, launch, launch missiles or something like that. And everyone in the room swore it was Colin Powell, including Colin Powell himself. And, but it wasn't. It was a replication. And, you know, that's that's what they used, by the way, after 9-11 uh, to or in the in the context of 9-11 to make the alleged phone calls from the planes. It's been widely uh, proven that there were no cell phone calls made from planes. The technology did not exist. They were up 30,000 feet, according to the own the FAA's own flight data. And if you need proof that those alleged phone calls never connected, you just need to look at the only uh, trial that was ever that ever came about because of 9/11, Zacharias Musawi, and when they were trying him, his defense lawyers uh, demanded that the FBI put into evidence the tr uh, mm -hmm. transcripts of these phone calls to, th that were the basis for a lot of the a lot of the stuff that we think we know about what went on those planes. All of it, like the the bandanas, the box cutters, the the let's roll narrative uh, uh, on the Shanksville flight. All of that came from these cell phones. That's the only way we would know because nobody that was on the planes is still alive but uh anyway uh when they demanded that the fbi was only able to submit one transcript of one phone call that lasted one second and did not record any conversation and and if they if those phone calls existed they would have produced them they don't it's been m multiple experts have tried to replicate it uh the airlines at that time did not have seat back phones it had to be cell phones and cell phones do not connect with cell towers on earth when they're at 30,000 feet or higher and traveling at sometimes 400 miles an hour or 500 miles an hour so all that to say they you know they can absolutely make you think you're talking to someone that you're not Yes. And the thing is, you know, a human, um, your your highest intelligence is going to be reached probably in your early 20s, your late teens or whatever. But these robots can sit there and change their code. If they're going through something, they make a mistake. They go back and they change the code so they don't make that mistake again. And they interconnect via the Internet with each other. I would love to hear a conversation between robots. <laughs> I can't imagine what they're thinking, what they're doing. They're probably sitting there looking at us going, yeah, he looks a lot older this year. We're still looking good, but he's looking bad. But they are so intelligent. And this is only what we know. If you stop and think about how far advanced they really are, the, the sky's the limit. What can't they do would be easier to determine than what can they do. You know, and so we look at the Chinese, who we've always thought are kind of backwards and not the sharpest. But I got to tell you what, when it comes to AI, weapon systems, when it comes to different uh, manufacturing techniques, they are so far ahead of us, we're, um, we're not going to catch up. Yeah. The um, Taiwanese on Taiwan, they have come up with a new chip in the last few months that's so advanced, it makes the other ones obsolete. Well, the Chinese want those, but the United United States and Netherlands said no. They vetoed it. So now China is out in the cold. They cannot develop and progress like they wanted to because the United States and the Netherlands said you can't have a chip. Now, when it's such an integral part of Chinese life, all of their, um, their roads, their mechanical systems, their military, they're interested in taking Taiwan over, not because they want to unify their country, 
they could care less about that. They want the chips. And as you watch China sending more troops around Taiwan every day, getting more bellicose, more belligerent, you know, trying to pick a fight with the United States in the air and on the sea, sooner or later, we're going to have that fight we know is coming. China said 18 months, a couple of months ago, they want to be reunified. I would say I, I could see them doing something in a couple of months like we discussed before. They're, they're so desperate for that technology because they want to start a base on the moon. They now have their space station already put up in flight and being used for what purposes nobody knows. But let's face it, if they want to get to the moon, if they want to do things, that intelligence has to increase exponentially for them to be able to do it, to get some kind of a um, base on the moon. They could claim the moon as theirs. And if they've already got, already have a colony there, what would we do to prevent? They just yeah. simply prevent us from ever landing. Yeah, I, I think I've mentioned this before, but I was talking back during the research for Spirit of the Antichrist uh, books, uh, volume one, actually, uh, although I didn't really dis address this until volume two. But in the research phase, I was talking to a guy from the Space Force, U.S. Space Force, uh, not long after Trump had established it. And um, he didn't know who I was. And 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 uh, that's how I get a lot of information by just meeting people ostensibly, uh, you know, for just because we happen to cross paths, but really I like to pick their brains. And I was asking him, you know, hey, what's what's the real agenda uh, behind uh, the Space Force and, and its defensive, um, you know, purpose or whatever? And he said, well, it's, uh, you know, it's because we a lot of the warfare that we are, you know, fearful of today is going to involve you know, uh, inter interstellar and atmospheric type stuff. And so we've got to create a beachhead there that we can, you know, defend against before they reach the ground. And and he mentioned China specifically. Of course, we went on to talk about, and I pressed him and he admitted that it's also because they fear uh, attacks from outer space, which of course, as I've detailed in volume two, you know, the UFO chapter is not about little green Martians from other planets like this man suggested. It's about demonic activity. But in any event, yeah, it's kind of interesting that they're thinking about, uh, you know, about China's uh, capabilities from space. And one more thing before I turn it back to you, um, you know, if, if you want to get a sense for just how powerful this uh, AI can be, if you go to my uh, book, uh, Volume 2, Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2, and by the way, these are available at spiritoftheantichrist.org, spiritoftheantichrist.org. But in Chapter 3, under the Transhumanism and Artificial Intelligence, there's a section called Transcending Humanity, where I tell the story of Blake Lemoyne, who on June 11th, 2022, just last year, uh, uh, published an interview that he conducted with Google's artificial intelligence tool called Lambda. And uh, he's an engineer with Google. And he he basically, and I include almost the entire transcript there of a conversation that he had with an, an AI. And you read if you read that, it actually covers two or three pages in the book because it's a lengthy transcript. But as you're reading it, very quickly, you will forget that you're actually reading a conversation between a software engineer and a computer. And you will think you're reading a conversation between two people. It is amazing how close the this AI technology is to replicating life. But again, as I mentioned at the outset, from God's perspective, only God can create life. 
And uh, these fools, these uh, intelligent artificials are going to uh, reach a dead end. Ultimately, they, they, you know, uh, they may imitate, but they'll never duplicate what God has done in his image. And I believe that someday soon, God is going to say enough is enough. Randy? Definitely. You, ha you have to wonder with AI, when does it get to the point where it decides it's going to be in charge? <laughs> yeah. You're not. And it starts giving us orders. Like Elon Musk said, that day is coming. Nobody's really watching it. When it gets here, that is a tide that you cannot turn back. It's, they're going to, if they will mesh up over the internet, if they start um, repairing each of the other, each other, they start uh, enlightening and training. I can't imagine the monster that we're just about ready to fall into. You know, until a couple of weeks ago, it wasn't very well known, but China has a network of 3,000 miles of tunnels where they're doing their research, they're hiding their nuclear weapons, and they are building new missiles. So you know that AI is figuring into their entire society in a very big way. And someday when this all comes to light, we're going to look at that and go, wow, they are so far ahead of us. How do we ever catch up? And I believe that time is coming much sooner than what yeah. possible. When you talk about repairing themselves, that's an interesting concept. And it makes me think of uh, Revelation 13 and the image of the beast. Remember, uh, the beast is the term in, in, in Revelation for the Antichrist, who will rule the world for seven years after the rapture. And it talks about uh, how they're going to create this image of a beast that uh, will that he was, uh, you know, he would have power to, you know, have breath, and he would uh, speak and cause people to worship the image of the beast. Uh, to that, you know, and and those who don't, he would kill. And it's long been speculated that these quote images of the beast that will be global will be AI replications of the one beast, the Antichrist, the human Antichrist. But uh, what occurs to me is the the famous, uh, somewhat difficult to understand passage where the beast, the Antichrist, is killed and then re resurrected, uh, which is possible, by the way. We have several resurrections in Scripture, the chief among them, of course, the the, uh, the first fruits, uh, Christ himself. Uh, but uh, I hold the view that that is an actual miraculous resurrection, satanically inspired, because Satan can replicate a lot of the supernatural miracles, as we saw going all the way back to the Exodus. But uh, in any event, I'm wondering if this, you know, could be a, a, a an imposter, uh, what we might call today a doppelganger. You know, we always know it's widely reported that uh, presidents have multiple uh, stand-ins that they find that are either cosmetically changed so that they look exactly like the, the sitting president or someone who just coincidentally happens to look like him. And so they they enlist them and pay them lots of money to be the, a doppelganger for the president. Well, what if the doppelganger for the Antichrist, uh, what if the person who's killed that is thought to be the Antichrist is actually a doppelganger, which could be an AI? And then the resurrection isn't so much just an actual biological resurrection, but just a, a tweaking, a fixing, a tightening a few bolts here and there, and all of a sudden he's back operational again. Just some food for thought as we think about the implications of AI. And that could very possibly be, but look at Revelation 9, 16, where it talks about the 200 million person or man, army, whatever. When you look at that description, that doesn't sound like a man to me. 
that sounds something maybe AI or cyborg or something like that. So last night I just went into Google and I just uh, put in there, what does a cyborg look like? It brought up hundreds of pictures and you could see with very little work, they probably already have a matter of fact, what John described can very easily be one of the cyborgs or robots. And when you talk about 200 million of them, face it, China is building the Belt Roads from China through Afghanistan in many different places. You could march a robot that far, never needing food, never needing anything. And all of a sudden you have this massive army showing up and you're going, what do we do with this? So it could also be demonic or many other things, but it really struck me last night when I was reading Revelation going, maybe John didn't know how to describe it very well, but maybe he was telling, this is what is coming. And for today's scenario, it would definitely match up. So yeah, no, no question. And a cyborg for those who I think most of our listeners know, but you never know. We reach a broad audience. Uh, by the way, this podcast, we ran some analytics recently and it's it's been listened to in 47 countries. Uh, and uh, so we're just uh, never know the reach of this when people forward certain episodes uh, to others that they think might like it. But a cyborg is just a, a sort of a combination biological and, and digital or technological. And uh, and yeah, it's uh, there's no question that from a military perspective, using AI becomes preferred over any type of traditional conventional uh, means. And, uh, you know, I, I loved your reference at the beginning of uh, the, the podcast today on uh, to, to Lost in Space. That was one of my boyhood favorite shows that I like to watch. And I, I still remember the famous uh, quote, danger, Will Robinson, danger, Will Robinson. I mean, that that's what we're headed for. I mean, it's danger right now. And uh, people seem to be asleep at the wheel, don't you think? Yes, it's kind of like Dr. Smith is asleep at our presidency. <laughs> make a decision unless somebody helps him with it and i'm going maybe that maybe that show was years ahead of its time i don't know but anyway so moving right along we'll try to jam the rest of this in here in a few minutes okay COVID's coming back it's coming back with a vengeance it is a variant and they are calling it the kraken kraken however you want to pronounce it uh the prior medications will not work on it um you know we had the monoclonal antibodies. We have Paxlovid, Ligavero. None of these are affecting the virus whatsoever. People that have had the virus that are getting this one are much sicker or dying than before. It's an Omicron variant. So you would think each variation would get weaker, but it looks to me like it's getting stronger. You have to wonder, when they shut down Shanghai and these other cities for a year, because of the COVID. Did they shut it down before they, because they were afraid of all the people who were gonna die? Or did they shut it down until it actually mutated enough that they got the variant they wanted and then released all those people? Hey, it's over now, you can go anywhere in the world, you can travel. We, we tell you, you know, take a plane somewhere, take a ship somewhere. If you wanna go to the diabolical, the Chinese can infect the world with as many people that are sick and are traveling that it'll be worse than it was a year and a half ago. Yeah. So many people will be affected that what are we going to do? There, There is no medication for it. 
Yeah, and a couple of comments on that. Uh, and I know our listeners know this because we talked about it extensively back during the pandemic. But there's no doubt that it was a bioweapon. This was not some organic thing that accidentally you know, slipped out of a fish market or something. This was a, a, a intentional bioweapon. We, in chapter nine of Spirit of the Antichrist, volume one, we give, which is the largest chapter in the book, we give you know, more than a dozen uh, incontrovertible smoking gun proofs of that fact. And so given that it is a you know, bio digital, I mean, a, a bio weapon uh, that was planned way in advance, there's no question that they're still working on it. They're still enhancing it and trying to accomplish even more with it. And, you know, talking about the the so-called vaccine, which is really a part of the, the uh, depopulation agenda of a, a gene altering bio injection, it didn't work on the first one. It was never intended to work on the first COVID. It was, there were different lot numbers and different batches, some of which were more dangerous than others, but that's the reason we have, you know, exponential numbers of, uh, you know, injuries and deaths from the COVID vaccine. And I've talked about that uh, elsewhere. So, yeah, I think there, you, you know, you, you learn to watch the chat like you do and you're excellent at that randy you kind of have all kinds of sources and you kind of see what's you know simmering out there in the same way that you know uh intelligence officers will listen to the chatter out there in the you know in internet world and piece together when a terrorist attack might be happening you know we can sort of watch and learn to watch the mainstream news media coverage subtle things that are mentioned and and then you begin to start to see where they're headed with this and i certainly agree with you that they are headed towards another covid type pandemic and it will be more severe than the previous one well i find it strange that even though it's not really affecting us much now Biden decided he needed his emergency powers till April 1st. Hmm. Well, that tells me right there, there's something coming. It looks to me like it's going to be the Chinese variant. And there's already 11 states that have mandates out, either for masking or um, separation or something. You know, they didn't learn the first time. We're going to have to go through this again. But this time, I'm afraid it's going to be worse when China says, we're going to take over Taiwan in 18 months. Well, we discussed a week ago an embargo, some kind of a um, circling, whatever you want to call it, of Taiwan. And let's face it, if we're dealing with a massive COVID crisis we can't cure and we have millions sick at all at one time, that would be the perfect time for China to begin their movements. Because if you recall at the beginning of the COVID mess, there was an aircraft carrier that had to park at Guam for 30 days because there were so many COVID illness, illnesses on the ship. Now, if you get that into the ships that are out there right now, whether it be in the Ukraine or whether it's over by the uh, South China Sea, they could neutralize our weapons, our ships in a, in a matter of days. The way it spread on that carrier last time, it took a week or two. They were all sick. 30 days. It was inoperable. Well, 30 days in Taiwan is history. The Chinese think they can take it over in four days. And if the United States can't make a response, it'll be even less than that. So mm -hmm. I think the Chinese had this in mind the entire time. I think they're putting it into effect. And I think we're going to have something very soon we don't know what to do with. And, and you know, the, the thing that is the most... Um... 
disturbing to me. And again, we know where our hope lies. We understand God is in control. A lot of this setting of the stage for end times events really should bring us great comfort in a strange way, because it just shows that God's plan is unfolding exactly like he says it would in scripture. So we're not bringing this up because we're scared. We're bringing it up so we can be prepared. But one of the things that really struck me recently as I was researching and reading some articles for another podcast is that if the Lord tarries is coming, the next world war that clearly the Luciferian elites are trying to foment right now, they're doing all that they can to, to draw NATO into a conflagration with, you know, you name it, uh, Russia, North Korea, China. Uh, but the next world war, if the Lord tarries is coming and we're here when it happens, is going to involve combat on U.S. soil. You know, we've never had that. We've never had that. I understand we've had terrorist attacks, or at least uh, terrorist attacks, whether they were planned or organic, uh, but that's different. But when you start experiencing war the way Europe, Russia, and China has, you know, it's it's going to change things. You know, we're pretty insulated, and we are also pretty uh, blind, I think, to the reality of you know, what could happen when they get ready to bring down America, which of course has been the Luciferian goal for about a hundred years now. So uh, yeah, I, I just find it really, uh, you know, really important for believers to, to contemplate the what ifs. Again, not from a woe is me, the sky is falling perspective, but, but through the lens of scripture, as we always try to do, and then recognize the urgency of the hour. Definitely. The uh, <clears throat> the time is getting nigh. Mm. Um, quick update on Ukraine and Russia. Ukraine now has 450,000 casualties, 150,000 dead, 300,000 wounded. Uh, they're asking for foreign fighters, and they are conscripting anybody that's 15, 16 and older. Belarus put out the call yesterday. They said all men that are 18 to 60 years old must report for duty. So, you know, Belarus is getting ready for something also. Um, the Russians have moved all of their nuclear bombers to the far east of Russia. Now, I don't know if that was pre-planned or if they're just reacting to the attacks on the nuclear bombers. But I want everybody to understand now, Russian bombers are within an hour of Japan an hour of South Korea, and just several hours away from the United States coast. With the hypersonic weapons, if a Russian bomber goes out partway into the Pacific, launches their um, bombers, uh, they're, uh, let's see, seven times the speed of sound. So that would put them on the coast of the United States in 15 minutes. So our, our, our reaction time now is nothing. We wouldn't even have time to go dump our coke in the garbage and get to a seat before they could actually hit us. The Chinese are ready. They're constantly harassing us. And I believe, you got to believe that this was pre-planned and this was the perfect opportunity to do this. The Russians yeah. have a frigate out in the Atlantic with their Zircon missiles, which are hypersonic. We don't know where their Belgorod submarine is. It's got the... 1,300 um, megaton um, torpedoes. We don't know where they're at. We do know that there's Chinese naval presence by Guam, by the United States, 
And so they're getting ready. They're circling their targets and they're ready to move. Yeah. And I got a, a tweet this morning, by the way, I was going to mention this at the end, but since I'm bringing up this tweet, uh, not by Works Ministries, uh, recently, this week, actually, launched finally after 20, 20 years, our uh, social media presence. You know, I've resisted that forever. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But in this world, and especially given the urgency of the hour, we want to try to reach as many people as we can. And a lot of my colleagues in ministry that I'm very close friends with and work with, like uh, uh, David Fiorazzo and Andy Woods and uh, others, uh, have been telling me, hey, you you need to at least have a presence because that's a way to disseminate information. So we are now on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I encourage you to uh, to check us out. We're going to be posting every day new data uh, and and you know new videos and new pod. Everything that we're doing week to week is not only going to be posted on our website, but on through social media. And it'll give you the chance to easily forward it to other people. But uh, I noticed on Twitter this morning, uh, someone sent me. Uh, a some data here about uh, Russia and how uh, Putin yesterday held a meeting with you know all of his uh, different leaders and other representatives and leaders from other security teams from other nations and there were several topics on the agenda but the number one topic and it's a fascinating mm-hmm. read was mobilization and how they're preparing it appear to be preparing uh, for something. And uh, and I just, of course, couldn't help about to think, but to think about what we've been talking about uh, on uh, on this podcast. So yeah, it, it thinks the the drumbeats of war are definitely intensifying. Yeah, and my only question is, how many different places will we be fighting at the same time? Yeah, you know, Tehran and Israel—they're going to get into it sooner or later. Israel says two years, but then they're doing maneuvers with the United States right now. I'm thinking more like two months. I think everything is going to come to bear sometime between the end of January and the middle of March. I think there's going to be so much stuff going on with different countries. You're going to wake up in the morning and not recognize the world that you went to sleep in. Yeah. And notice, you know, you, I notice you say, I think, and we always want to point out, look, we're just taking the data, you know, providing a studied uh, interpretation of it and and speculating on how we where we think things are going. We're not, uh, you know, infallible. We're not pick, you know, picking dates. We don't have any inside knowledge, either divinely revealed or from some inside source. But I think we we are right to to put the pieces together and say, boy, this is what it looks like. It's kind of like what I do in in the chapter on the time, Luciferian timeline in volume two, where, where I explain from their perspective what they are planning, and they've been targeting 2023, 2024, 2025 uh, for 100 years, uh, th- those specific dates. And so it doesn't mean it's going to happen, and, and it doesn't mean that based on you know, Randy's uh, expert opinion that, that uh, you know, something's going to happen by March. But boy, I wouldn't bet against it. And I think people need to wake up and, and be ready. So uh, closing thoughts here. Any other last minute uh, uh, key information that you wanted to share? Well, well, one thing, I always look at this country as being pretty hopeless and our situation in the world being hopeless. But then I go back to Monday night during the football game where the player went down and all of a sudden everybody there is praying, even the people on ESPN. So we know that God is our 911, but we need to understand he needs to be our, our God every day, not mm. just in a time of crisis, 
Mm. But every day, and if we would just do that, we could change this country before things happen. Amen. So Boy, that yeah, that's fascinating. That's a great word, Randy. You know, it's it's really been a just a fascinating uh, development. And by the way, we want to certainly pray for that uh, that young man. I saw the report last night that he was improving, and we pray for a full recovery. Uh, and we want to pray for his family and pray that all those affected by it, that this unfreezing event might be the very thing to, that draws them to the Lord if they don't already know the Lord. And, and we don't know. I mean, it's a great uh uh, human interest story. It's, it is amazing to see how people are coming together, but let's not forget what matters most, which is one's spiritual condition. And so while we certainly hope and pray that he recovers and we pray for comfort for those involved and affected by this, his uncle and other family members, uh, we mostly pray for their soul if they don't know the Lord. And I don't know, uh, but, uh, you know, it is really interesting from a social consciousness perspective to see how many people are openly and publicly praying, and as you said, praying on national TV. Uh, and I, I applaud that. I, I say praise God uh, for that. Uh, we don't know uh, what happened. I know a lot of uh, my uh, sources and people are speculating that this you know, could be some nefarious cause of this. We don't know. It could have just been a organic uh, a heart attack. It does happen. You know, that's the thing about, uh, you know, these types of situations. You don't really ever know whether it's real or synthetic. You know, was this some nefarious thing or or, or not? I mean, we, it's never about what it's about. But regardless of the cause of it, there's no question that the Luciferians are you will use it to advance uh, you know their agenda in some way. But that's all sort of ancillary to the main issue, which is to pray for this young man. And you're right; it's that these t- times like these should draw believers uh, to our knees. And I want to close out. With, by going back to Romans uh, chapter, you know, one and then in, into chapter two. Remember, there were no chapter divisions in the original text when God inspired Paul to write this. But after describing these, you know, intelligent artificials, as I call them, these ones who are wise in their own eyes, and and indeed there are, you know, this world, especially in the elite realm, is filled with intellectually brilliant but morally bankrupt people. And you can have a level of knowledge about worldly things that is indeed quite extensive, and in that sense, be intellectually intelligent. But apart from God, you are nothing more than an intelligent artificial. And so after describing these uh, folks, Paul says, quote, in in chapter 2, verse uh, 2, but we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. We know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. In other words, these artificials are liars. They're not operating in the realm of truth. They're operating in the realm of deception, because that is Satan's world. Jesus said he is a liar from the beginning. Uh, When he speaks, everything he speaks is a lie. That's all he knows how to do. He is the great deceiver. And so, uh, the good news is one day God is going to uh, bring an end to all of this. He's going to judge the world in perfect peace and righteousness when Jesus Christ comes back. And though the outlook is uh, discouraging and bleak at the moment, never forget who wins in the end. And God will judge according to truth. Uh, and truth is not up for debate. 
It is not a, a subject that is based on one's perspective or opinion. Truth is absolute, and God will judge according to truth. So, Randy, uh, thanks so much. Great, great intel as always, and uh, just uh, can't wait to you know to to talk to you again uh, next week and see what happens if we're here. I mean, Lord. <laughs> I mean, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, and uh, we're ready. But I uh, want to encourage folks to uh, to check out notbyworks.org. We're going to be sending out an email here shortly, uh, as soon as we get this podcast posted. And that email will, among other things, have a lot of the new podcasts that we've done in the last three days, uh, links directly to them. It will also have uh, the announcement about our social media presence. So if you're not signed up for the Not By Works Ministries e-newsletter, please do so now. Go to notbyworks.org. Right there on the homepage at the bottom, there's a box. You can type in your email. It takes about two seconds. Click enter, and just like that, you're signed up. You can unsubscribe at any time, of course, but we only send out an email maybe once every week or two. We don't flood your inbox with emails, but check that out. And then another announcement that we will be uh, really beginning to highlight starting next week, but want to give you a sneak peek, is our Prophecy Night. And uh, Prophecy Night is actually going to start uh, January 31st. That's a Tuesday. We had thought about doing it Wednesday, but we landed on Tuesday night so that area churches can participate if they want in the Denver metro area. But it's uh, Prophecy Night sponsored by Not By Works, hosted by Plum Creek Chapel, Tuesday nights from 6 to 7.30 at Plum Creek Chapel starting January 31st. And it'll be a dedicated night to talk about prophecy, to you know, take questions, and just sort of, uh, you know, I think time is short. I think we need to, once again, have a dedicated time to focus on that. I know I've been dealing with the biblical subject of end times at nine o'clock on Sundays at Plum Creek. We are going to be finishing up that series here in January, uh, but then we'll shift the focus starting January 31st to Tuesday nights and uh, be talking about prophecy. If you're in the Denver metro area, uh, I want you to come out if you can, six o'clock. If not, it will be live streamed. So, uh, you know, wherever you are, wherever you listen to this, you can live stream it every Tuesday night. Just mark your calendar or you can watch the video after we upload it on Tuesday nights. But then on Sunday mornings at nine o'clock, starting in February, we'll shift to a different uh, topic, Lord willing. And uh, uh, but our prophecy focus will be Tuesday night. So thank you, Randy. Uh, sure. God bless you. And uh, we will I'm sure we'll talk uh, offline uh, like we do every day. But uh, for our listeners sake, we'll see you again uh, next week. So God bless everyone. Have a great rest of the week and weekend. Very good.